Welcome to the Vanguard Church Podcast. You're about to hear a sermon from Vanguard Church Central in the heart of Colorado Springs. With every message, it's our prayer that you hear and learn how to live out your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. May your faith be strengthened, your hope increased, and your heart inspired to live for Jesus no matter the cost. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. You know, I have had a dad all my life. Think about that. I'm 52 years old, Lynn. I've had a dad all my life. That is an incredible gift from God. Now, before we size up our dads, let's first be thankful that we have one, right? And maybe some of us don't even know who our dads are, but we still have one. And it is a gift that God has allowed us to live and exist on planet earth. And our earthly fathers are important, but our heavenly father is more important. And for me, I've had a dad all my life. My dad taught me how to love Jesus. He taught me how to love Kentucky Wildcats basketball in that order. And he taught me how to be a good farmer. And this morning, my dad also taught me how to be a pastor. My dad is almost 77 years old, and he is preaching today. Amen? And I talked to him this morning, and he said, hey, I've invited this family member, this grandchild, I've invited this person, and I'm going to share the gospel with all of them today. And that blessed me, Tony. That blessed me deeply because I continue to have a heritage that reminds me that there's nothing more important than a real relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, I have been a dad now for 26 years. I'm 52 years old. You know what that means? Half of my life, I've been a dad. Half of it. I have five children, three of which are married. I have a fourth who's dating seriously, so you can pray for that. And I have a fifth, Journey Grace, who's still at home. And so we get to coach her up, Ty, for two more years. And then at 54, Lord willing, we will be empty nesters. And even though I'll no longer be a parent, I'll still be a dad. Every one of us Once you become a dad, you remain a dad. You're not always a parent, thank God, right? But you're always a dad. And so dads, I want you to stand. If you're a dad, I want you to stand. Stay standing. Okay, come on, dad, stand, all right? And and let's give them a hand. Stay standing. Don't sit down, men, all right? Now, if you know one of these men in the room and you want to go stand beside them, Uh, please do so. I'm going to pray for us as men today. If you want to get up out of your seats and go stand by one of them, feel free to do that. Uh, And we want to pray today a blessing on our dads. Heavenly Father, we love our dads. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that every dad will remember that there's nothing that matters more than loving Jesus. 
That is the heritage that we pass on from generations to generations. And as I read in the book of Acts this morning, as Stephen described the story of the Bible, he said, Jacob, the father, gave birth to 12 fathers. And each one of us, Lord, have opportunity not only physically to give birth, but we have spiritually opportunity to pass on a legacy to generations to come. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would give every dad in this room a sense of your purpose on their life. And regardless of our age as dads, we would lean into the spiritual calling that you have on our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Give dads one more hand. Come on. As a pastor's kid, I've always lived in a fishbowl. I've had people watching my life since the day I was born, some because they didn't know if I was going to make it or not. But then after that, I've lived in a fishbowl as a pastor's kid, and so I know what it's like for my five kids to live in a fishbowl. I know what it's like as a dad to parent my children and have to accept the fact that it is impossible to be a pastor and privately be a dad and a parent. And I understand that because of my role uh, as a pastor, my parenting comes under scrutiny. And you know as well as I do, if you've been here any length of time, you probably have an opinion about me as a dad, as a parent. You might look at that and you go, I wouldn't have done that. You might look at that, oh, I'm glad he did that. And part of being a pastor dad is being okay that other dads are going to look at you and decide what kind of dad they're going to be. I've never backed down from a challenge. I'm just going to be honest with you. I mean, I've had moments where I get in the flesh. As one guy said to me on the basketball court recently, I thought you were a man of God. I said, you put your hands on me. You're going to find out what a man of God feels like. (laughs) So I've had moments in my life. I'm not pretending that I always get it exactly right. But dads, listen to me. Do you keep showing up? Do you keep showing up in a world that desperately needs bravery, that desperately needs leadership, headship, spiritual guidance, a willingness to lead the way and say, follow me, it's going to cost me more than it costs you, but follow me as I follow Christ. So Tasha and I made a promise because over the years people are like, when are you going to write a book on parenting? Well, if we ever write a book on parenting, it will be after we're done parenting. Amen? Amen? And so we're two years away from that. So what I'm going to talk to you about today is the first time ever, a sneak peek into a potential parenting book that Tasha and I are going to write one day. And it's called Parenting, where love meets discipline. Amen? Amen. 
where love meets discipline. And as we walk into this discussion today, men and women and moms and dads, I want to challenge you that outside of your relationship with your spouse, there is no greater calling on your life than parenting. Amen? Outside of your love for your spouse, if you have the pleasure and privilege of being married, the gift that you can give your children, the greatest gift you can give them is, first of all, your love for Jesus, but second of all, a love for each other, and then a love for them. And so God calls us to love him. He calls us to love each other in marriage. And today we're going to talk about this unique relationship. And I understand that many people stay away from church on Father's Day because it's too painful for them. But listen, regardless of how much your earthly father wounded you and is wounding you, God wants you to know that he is your father. He's your father. And he can transcend all the woundedness of an earthly father, all the rejection of an earthly father, and he can be to you what you deeply need so that dads, first of all, so that if you never had a dad, you can be a dad. You can be a dad. See, my dad never heard as a child from his dad I love you. I've never stopped hearing it. I've never stopped hearing my dad say, I love you. I love you. I love you. Sometimes he's a little weird about it. All right. It's like, dad, I'm 52. I don't need you to try to kiss me on the mouth anymore. All right. That's, that's too much information. All right. Over the years, I've learned a lot about parenting. And I'm not going to share today as if I'm a perfect father, okay? And I have flip-flops on for a couple of reasons. One, because I like to wear flip-flops. But two, because I want you to see my feet. I'm a human. I have clay feet. There's nothing outside of Jesus impressive about me. I'm not here to impress you. I'm not here to convince you that I'm the best dad that ever lived. I'm here to tell you what God's word says and how I've tried to apply it to my own family's life. You take that, you process that, and you let God, the Holy Spirit, speak into your life about your relationships. And the reality is, and I've learned this as an adult, Adulting is a lot harder than it looks. Amen? Amen. Being a dad is a lot harder than it looks. But neither of those are an excuse. God can give us the grace to be who he's created us to be. And so how does love meet discipline in our parenting? Look at Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. We're going to look at this particular verse in a lot of different translations today because I want you to feel the full force of this verse. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, and I want to read it to you, first of all, in the King James because that's the book 
or the version that my dad memorized the Bible in and quotes the Bible in even to this day. Not the new King James, all right? The King James. He's old King James. Here's what it says. Train up a child in the way that he or she should go. And when he or she is old, he or she will not depart from it. Look at Proverbs 22.6 in the New Living Translation. Teach your children to choose the right path. And when they're older, they'll remain upon it. So the principle initially is help them choose, and eventually they will choose again when they're older. And you say, how much older? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much older. It says just older. So let's look at the same verse in a third version. This is in the message. Point your kids in the right direction. When they're old, they won't be lost. So whether it, and you go back to these three words, train, teach, point, they're active action commands for parents. And so here's what you need to know as you look at this verse, you have to have an intentional plan to be a dad. You cannot be haphazard. You have to decide, I am going to train, I am going to teach, I am going to point my children in the right direction. You say, well, what if they don't go? Well, I got news for you. Sometimes they won't. Anybody got a child in the house that did everything you told them to do? Just curious. <laughs> what I love about Isaiah 1 is that God says, I have children who rejected me too. Isaiah chapter 1. See, parenting, you can't be a good enough parent for your, all your children to do exactly what you want them to do. See, what's beautiful about God the Father, and you have to understand this, Dad's, about yourself, God the Father gave all of us free will. We get to choose. And guess what? At an appointed time, God asked us as dads to step back, step back. I mean, it has to be age appropriate, right? But step back. And the reality is when your child leaves home and they take on the responsibility of being an adult, you become an advisor. You don't get to control. You don't get to uh, tell them what to do. And even when they're at home, you can tell them what to do. And guess what? They can lie to you. They can tell you what you want to hear. They can lie to you and tell you they did what you asked them to do. They did it the way you asked them to do it. And the discovery is that all of us struggle with deception from time to time. All of us want to figure out a way from time to time to get out of certain situations. And so the word that I want to drive home to you, first of all, in this passage is, do you have an intentional plan for how you're going to parent your children? Do you have an intentional plan for how you're going to parent 
your children? And do you as a couple, if you're married, do you as a couple, do you all talk about that? Do you have conversations about that? And then if you have multiple children in the house, you have to say, okay, in this circumstance, in this situation with this child, how are we going to intentionally parent this child? Because as you know, if you have multiple children, none of, no two children are the same. Now, before you put together your plan. You need to know your motive. You need to know your motivation behind why you're asking. Because sometimes parents are like, well, uh, I don't want to admit it, but my motivation is I want my children to make me look good. There's easier ways. (laughs) Like if, if, if your goal in life is for your children to make you look good, I would highly encourage you, A, don't have children, and B, there's easier ways to accomplish it. Amen? Children are not about us. As parents, our job is to make it about them. And our job is to be more sacrificial than they are, to be more long-suffering than they are, to be more mature than they are, to be more forgiving than they are, to be more understanding than they are. We are to give the example. We are to give the model for them to follow. And there are going to be times, uh, honestly, that your children are going to absolutely exhaust you. They're going to frustrate you. There are going to be times that your children are going to embarrass you. There are going to be times that your children are going to do things that are going to be extremely hurtful to you. And there's going to be sometimes nothing that you can do about it. And then you have to ask yourself, even in these most hurtful moments of my children, and maybe even your child will try to intentionally hurt you, then what do you do with that? How do you process that? Parenting is not about what I want them to be. Parenting is always about me going back to my prayer closet and saying, God, who did you create this child to be? Who did you create them to be? Who do you want them to be? My motivation has to be uh, for them to love God and for him to follow his purpose for their lives. Now, over the years, and many of you know this, I've dated my children. And we go out on dates, and uh, I have questions that I ask them. I'd love to share those questions with you. Uh, We have a series of questions that I ask, and then I listen, and I don't try to control the answers. I just ask the questions. And over the years, one of the questions that I ask is, what do you want to be when you grow up? And when they were younger, one answer was, I want to be a penguin trainer. Okay. Not sure what the livelihood is, but hey, we'll go with it, all right? All the way to, I want to be a missionary in Africa. Huh. And so what I do is I just write down the answers. I don't try to influence their answers. Uh, I write down the answers, and then as they go through their lives, I mirror back to them, this is what you said God had called you to do. 
This is it. This is what God said, you said. What's changed? What's changed? What's changed? How has it changed? I mean, you weren't to be a penguin trainer. What happened? What changed? And see, it's okay if there is an answer that changes it, but what you want to teach your children, and we'll talk about this later as well, the whole point of parenting is for them to learn how to hear God's voice like they hear your voice. That's the goal. And if you, whether they listen to it or not, if you teach your children to hear God's voice like they heard your voice, you've done your job. That's a successful parent. Success does not come from what they choose. Successful parenting is not look at those children. No, no, no. Did you? Because you cannot determine as a parent your success based off of a child who becomes an adult who has a free will. They have a choice. And you have to step back and you have to ask yourself, did I cultivate in you the ability to hear God's voice? Yes. Okay, then I've done my job. I've done my job. Have I taught you to love God? Have I taught you to listen to him? So I write it down. I mirror it back to them. Now let's read again Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child. Now the word train does not sound all that exciting, does it? But it also doesn't have to be that overwhelming. And so if you have a child that's under the age of 18 and they obviously are in your care, my question to you is, how are you going to train them today? How are you going to train them today? What are you going to train them in? What are you going to speak into their life? See, for half of my life, uh, I wake up in the morning and I spend time with the Lord But half of my life, I also have to say, how do I lead my wife? How do I lead my children? How do I lead the church, God, you've entrusted to me? And see, the Bible says that if I can't lead my home, I can't lead his house. That's what the Bible tells me. So I have to make my home as a pastor, living in a fishbowl, I have to make my home the priority first. And then I make God's house a priority second. And how I lead my home is how I lead this house, is what God says. I should not lead this house, his house, differently than I lead my home. Because that is the calling on my life as a dad, as a pastor dad. And you know what's interesting early on? And I didn't understand this, but I grew up on a farm. My dad was my dad, obviously. He was my boss at the farm. And then he was my pastor at church. And so he wore three different authority hats in my life. He was my dad. He was my boss. He's the one that paid me for milking the dairy cows. And then he was my pastor at church. And I remember one time when I was 12 years old, because my dad likes to talk. He's very extroverted. 
And my dad was talking a lot, and I was tired of being at church, Tony. And so I said to my dad, when are you going to shut up so we can go home in front of the church? And he looked at me. I've seen that look before. I said, I think I'm going to go wait in the car. He got in the car, closed the door, and he said, don't. And I said, you don't have to worry. I won't. He said, don't ever do me that way again. And see, what I learned from that moment, and I've taught my children this, say whatever you want to me when nobody else is around. Show respect to me when others are around. Do not speak to me this way when other people are around. When nobody else is around, talk to me however you want. I'll take it. Whether I agree with it, whether I think you're being disrespectful, and that's the way my dad was. You can say whatever you want when it's you and I, but when we are in public and I am in a position of pastoral authority or I'm in a position as your boss, don't talk to me that way. Okay. And see, these are good, healthy things. Now, not every relationship, hear me on this, your relationships don't have to look exactly like mine, okay? And so what I'm doing is I'm showing you into my life how I father, how I parent, and how I was fathered and parented. So train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. So the point is, if you train up a child in the way they should go, then ultimately they know all the ways they shouldn't go. So what way are we to go? Look at John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way. The way we're supposed to go is the way of Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So he's the way, so we emulate him. WWJD, right? What would Jesus do? And then God also says, look at Psalm 139, verse 16 in the New Living Translation. You, God, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day has passed. See, before you live any of the days of your life, God has already lived them. And not only that... But before you live any day of your life, God has already approved it. You say, does that mean he agrees with it? Well, he's not happy about everything that happens in our lives. But at some point, he takes the whole body of work into consideration. And he has the perfect ability to see all the bad in our lives. And he gives permission for it to occur. You say, whoa, that's hard. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It is is very difficult to process all of that. But I want you to understand something. God has an intentional plan for your life. And that's why we want to be intentional dads in our kids' lives. Because he, now granted, he has an unfair advantage on us dads, okay? But we can emulate and follow his example, and we can say, 
I am going to be an intentional dad in my child's life, and here is how I'm going to do that. I didn't say perfect dad. And there are going to be times that you're going to fail. There are going to be times when you have to have conversations like this. Your child will say to you, well, you think you didn't do anything wrong? They're going to listen to me. Right now, this is not about what I've done wrong. Okay? This is about you. We can talk about me later. But right now, the heat's on you and you don't like it. Okay? You don't like what I'm saying to you. You don't like what I'm requiring of you. You don't like what the rules are and what the potential consequences are. We can talk about how horrible I am later. But right now, we're talking about you. So don't deflect. Don't try to get this uh, headed a different direction because you don't want to deal with the truth in your own life. And then in a different time, when we're not in this moment, you can talk to me about how horrible of a dad I am, and I'll receive that. Because more than likely, uh, you're right. But your view of me does not negate my authority in your life. Amen? Amen? Amen. Like, our world needs this right now. Oh, my soul. Our world needs strong dads with an intentional plan to love their children. This is extremely important in your family's life right now. And your job is not as important. Okay, your success is not as important. Your money's not as important. Where you live is not as important. What you drive, what you eat, what you wear is not as important as being an intentional parent in your child's life. Don't get so caught up in your vocation, men, that you lose sight of your primary calling. And your primary calling, yes, may be in some capacity in your vocation to provide for your family. I understand that. But that is a vehicle so that you can train your children on what it looks like to be an adult and to be one that loves God and loves them. So how does love meet discipline in parenting? Number one, be motivated by God's love and his plan for the child's life. Be motivated by God's love and his plan for the child's life. Well, how do you know if you are? I'm going to give you three questions you can ask yourself, and you'll see these. Number one, do I love my child with God's love for them? You go, I don't know. Well, let me ask you this. Am I laying down my life for my child without a spirit of resentment for God's glory and their good? Do you resent what parenting is costing you? And by the way, whatever parenting costs you, the child is worth it. Amen? We don't just love the unborn. We love the born. We believe in life. And we know that It requires something of us. Number two, do I want what God wants for my child? You go, what does that mean? Well, can you let go of your expectations? And can you say, Lord, I want your dream for them? And then mirror back to them. So is this God's dream for you? 
Is this God's calling on your life? Is this what God who created you, who died for you, who arose for you and will judge you one day, is this God's calling on your life? See, God gave you the children he gave you because he wants you to speak into their life. And you have to change that as your children get older. I understand that, and I'm growing in that in my own life with adult children and with adult children that are married. Number three, do I simply see my parenting as partnering with God to do what he wants them to do? So you ask God this question. It's a real simple question. Am I leading my children the way you want them to be led? And if not, can you show me where I'm not? Because there may be times in my life where I go, you know what, Lord, this is what I want to say to this child. The Lord says, yeah, but I don't want you to say that to him. Well, why not? And sometimes he'll tell me why. And sometimes he'll be like, because I don't want you to. I want you to wait. I want you to be patient. I want you to demonstrate this gift, not that gift. I want you to show this side of your heart, not that side of your heart. I want you to keep your heart open to your children regardless of whether they listen to you or not. I want them to see who I am through you. Oh, my soul, that's an overwhelming task. That's an overwhelming task because I ain't you. And the Lord's like, that's right. And that's the point. And that's why you want to point them to me and not to you. Because when you point them to me, I'm the perfect dad. And you can tell them all the ways you're not. Okay. One of the questions that I ask my children over the years is, tell me what you don't like about me. I've written down every answer. They get better at this, by the way, Marty. They get to the point to where it's like, okay, you can stop now. I've had enough. So how do you know if you're motivated by God's love and his plan for them? Look at Proverbs 13, 24. If you refuse to discipline your children, it proves you don't love them. That's what the Bible says. If you love your children, you'll be prompt to discipline them. You, you say, well, that's very hurtful. <laughs> okay, that's what the Bible says. Proverbs 13, 24, the message, a refusal to correct is a refusal to love. Love your children by disciplining them. So how does love meet discipline? Number two, Correct your children. God gave you the children he gave you because there's going to be times that you need to correct them. And this will never be an easy task. So how do you correct your children? I'll give you three things. Number one, discipline for attitude more than action. I'm less concerned about what my child did and more concerned about their attitude in me needing to deal with what they've done. Does that make sense? And so my parenting style, our parenting style is, 
we're going to discipline your attitude, your will, not your actions. Okay, actions, I get it. Sometimes they're more severe than others. But there are times when your child gets what they've done wrong, okay? And they are deeply remorseful for it. And they are deeply moved by what has occurred and that there are consequences that are already flooding their life and they are regretful and repentive. And in those moments, a lot of times, that's enough consequence. But see, there are other times when your child will do something and, you know, you go, hey, don't do that. And go, Who, what do you think you're doing? You can tell me what to do. That's where you got to go. That's where you got to win. Okay. That's when you got to say, you know what? If I don't help my child understand authority as a child, they will not understand it as an adult. They won't get it. And if they don't know how to submit to my voice as a child, then they won't know how to submit to God's voice as an adult. And so that's all a part of this process. So discipline for attitude uh, more than action. Number two, promptly correct. The longer you wait to correct your child, the more out of control that child and the circumstances and the consequences will come. And so I just want to encourage you, don't wait. If you're not sure, start asking questions. And when you discover, take responsibility for your child's actions. Number three, reaffirm the relationship after the discipline. How do you do that? Here's how you do that. You explain to your child, regardless of what age they are, you explain it in an age-appropriate way, but you say to your children, do you, do you know why I'm doing this? Do you know why I'm doing this? Do you, do you understand? Yes, I understand uh, why you think you're doing it. Oh, why do you think I'm doing it? Well, you think you're doing what God wants you to do. Oh, okay. Okay. You're right. You're right. This is what I believe God wants me to do for you in this circumstance to give you the best possible chance of success in your future. You're right. And not every time is your parent, is your child going to go, thank you so much. You're so it could be this, but it's more this, all right? All right? And you have to decide. You ready, moms and dads? Do you want to love your child? Or do you want their approval more? You say, what do you mean? That's what It's loving your child enough to accept that you may not get their approval, their acceptance, and their reciprocity. That's what parenting is. That's what being a dad is. You, you, you say, well, if, can you be the greatest dad in the world and all your kids always think you're amazing? No. 
I'm just take a poll here. Who likes to be corrected? I'm just checking. Oh, okay, Josh, you do. Okay. All right. Lorelai, you do. Okay. Well, Evie, you've got two that want to be corrected after service today. All right. So seize the moment. All right. We don't most of the time want to be. It doesn't feel, it's not comfortable. Because usually being corrected is being told what I've done incorrectly. And that's a tough world. That's a tough moment. So we have to explain to our children, listen, whether you agree with my why or not, let me explain to you why I'm doing this and how I'm trying to help you. And this, and then explain it to them. Give them the why and make it age appropriate. So Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. So here's principle three. Moms and dads, claim and pray the parent promise over your child. Claim and pray the parent promise over your child. I want to encourage you to do this today as moms and as dads. I want to encourage you to pray for your children by name. And I want to encourage you to pray this prayer that I'm going to read you. And then I want us to say together, and it's in your program. You can say it with me. So let me read it to you, and then let's pray it together. Lord Jesus, you said, if I train my child in the way they should go, when they're old, they'll return or not depart from it. Lord, would you help each of my adult children and my underage children, to walk your path for them. Remind them of what they've learned when they were under my training. Give them ears to hear your voice through my voice. Beckon and woo them to stay on that right path with you for the remaining days of their lives so that their children may hear your voice through their voice. May you say to generations to come, this is the way. Walk in it. Amen? Amen. Train them in the way. This is the way. Walk in it. Will you say this with me? Lord Jesus. Come on, let's say it together. Lord Jesus, you said, if I train my child in the way they should go, when they are old, they will return or not depart from it. Lord, would you help each of my adult children to walk your path for them? Remind them of what they learned when they were under my training. Give them ears to hear your voice through my voice. Beckon and woo them to stay on that right path with you for the remaining days of their lives so that their children may hear your voice through their voice. And may you say to generations to come, this is the way, walk in it. Isaiah 30, verse 21. Let's pray. Almighty 
All of us had dads with clay feet. There will not be a perfect dad. on this earth ever. Sadly, some of us have a hard time with today because maybe our dad's abandoned us. Sadly, maybe they abused us. I remember when I was in my 20s, I was given advice, had some things against my dad. My dad and I were wrestling through some things in the season when my mother was killed, and it was painful. The advice I was given is take one year, write letters to your dad, everything that you liked about him. Don't mention it, just mail them to him. And I did. And as Henry Nowen says in his book, The Return of the Prodigal Son, don't be the elder brother, don't be the younger brother, be the father that blesses. Some of us need to stop seeing ourselves as the child in the equation. And regardless of how shortchanged we were in our lives, in those relationships, we need to step up and become the father, the mother that blesses. And for some of us, we have children that biologically we did not create, but they're our children now. And regardless of how you end up someone's dad or end up someone's mom, Lord, we have a calling to be a spiritual mom and a spiritual dad to those entrusted to us. I was thinking about this morning, Pastor Aaron, and I was thinking about how I see myself as a spiritual father to him and he is a spiritual son to me. And I take that very seriously. And I think in those terms, as I pastor him and as I am his boss and as his friend. And Lord, relationships is all we've got. It's all that matters with you and with each other. Outside of that, really nothing else matters. And so, Lord, this world is going to need to see a way forward. And what is happening right now to a generation of children is going to be very grave and is going to create, I believe, a desperateness in them to want a heavenly Father that loves them and was intentional before they were even born. Give us, Lord, that mantle. Give us that opportunity. Lord, thank you for the 179 kids that were in this room for VBB. 
Thank you for the five families that came back last week from VBB. Lord, we ask for seven more families. And I realize that phrase family takes on a variety of, quite honestly, expressions of relationship. A lot of brokenness, a lot of confusion. But today, I want to honor my earthly father. I want to thank you for a man that's faithfully proclaiming the gospel 1,200 miles away. Thank you. If it matters at 32, it should still matter at 77. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Dads, listen to me. Don't fixate on what you've done wrong. Okay? You say, what do I do? Here's what you do. Hey, just want to call and tell you, I love you. I know I failed you in many ways. And I just want you to know that I love you. Amen? Thanks for listening to the Vanguard Central Podcast. We encourage you to go out and live your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. God bless you, friend. See you next time.